Welcome to the Wrap Yourself in Joy podcast. I'm Karen Dwyer, speaker, teacher, and author of four books on joy. If you're searching for more joy in your life, join me for about 15 minutes every week. It could change your life. My newest and fifth series, Joyful and Battle Ready, is based on my book, Wrap Yourself in Joy, Find the Joy and Fight the Fear, and it has an imprimatur. Today, I'm inviting you to join a Cup of Joy women's group. They meet over coffee each week to go through the study questions. For more information, go to wrapyourselfinjoy.com and look for Cup of Joy Women. The podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Hello, welcome to Wrap Yourself in Joy. I'm Karen Dwyer, and you are listening to my fifth season podcast series, Joyful and Battle Ready. It follows the second part of my book, Wrap Yourself in Joy. Each week, we will cover how to welcome more joy and put on the armor of God. So this sixth podcast in the new series is Stop the Worry, Return to Joy, and Put on the Helmet of Salvation. Sounds a bit long, doesn't it? Well, we're going to try to cover all three things. So do you worry? Who doesn't? So let's get started on stopping the big joy thief, which is worry. It's not only a joy buster, it's a thief. In Matthew 6, 25 through 34, Jesus talks directly to us about worry. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your lifespan? Then he goes on to say, therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear? Your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow brings worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. So life on earth is not without troubles, and Jesus knew we might worry. Now, Jesus didn't say we should shirk our responsibilities, but he told us not to be overcome with worry, even for our basic needs. God takes care of the birds of the air and he clothes the flowers or lilies with great splendor. How much more will he take care of you? In fact, Jesus said, worry will not add one single hour to your lifespan. The Cambridge Dictionary defines worry this way, to give way to anxiety or uneasiness, to allow one's mind to continually dwell on difficulties and troubles, to think about problems and unpleasant things that might happen in a way that makes you feel frightened. It also means you are distracted or you get distracted. When you worry, your mind is drawn in opposite directions and you lose focus. We see this in the Bible story of Martha and Mary. Martha lost her focus listening to Jesus, and he lovingly said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. 
but there is need of only one thing. That's Luke 10, 41 through 42. The God of heaven and earth was with Martha in the man Jesus Christ, and she was worried about making mashed potatoes or something like that. Yes, Martha, Martha, focus. You know, worry focuses on what could go wrong, on what might go wrong, on what will likely go wrong in the future. It skips way ahead of God's provision, and it can sap you of your joy, your strength, and your peace. The problem with worry is that it leads to fretting. Do you fret? Well, the Bible says not only to stop worrying, but stop fretting. The word translated fretting in Hebrew means to be fired up or kindled in anger. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines a fret as a worry, an annoyance, a discontentment that gnaws at you and involves an irritated state of mind. You see, fretting takes worry to a new level. It eats away at your peace. You will eventually express it in some way especially in rage or anger. Psalm 37 warns us about not worrying. Do not fret because of the wicked. Don't be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to Him. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. So there you have it. Worrying and fretting lead to evil and loss of hope and more anxiety and fear. Pope Francis reminds us that fear harms us, it weakens us, it diminishes us, it even paralyzes us, he says. A person who is afraid does nothing, doesn't know what to do. He or she is focused on himself, concerned that everything bad will happen. A fearful Christian is a person who has not understood the message of Jesus. The Pope goes on to say, do not be afraid. Ask for the grace of courage, the courage of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus sends it. Wow, isn't that the truth? Worry debilitates us. It stops us in our tracks. That's when we have to turn to Jesus and ask for courage, and He will give it. You know, worry and anxiety can have a physical impact on our bodies. Medical research shows that over time, fretting, fear, and anxiety have been linked to digestive disorders, fatigue, ulcers, heart problems, skin ailments, lack of concentration, addictions, and more. So stop worrying. But how? Well, Philippians 4, 4 through 7 has some advice for us. St. Paul tells us exactly what to do. He gives us four steps. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone, for the Lord is near. So do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, 
Let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So did you pick up the four steps that Philippians 4, 4 through 7 told us about? Number one, rejoice. Number two, pray. Number three, thank. Number four, receive peace. Number one, rejoice. We have to decide to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice means in the New Testament, return to joy. So actively be glad. Actively pursue joy. Decide to rejoice. Return to joy in the Lord and do not worry. That's your decision. You can rejoice in the Lord. I always turn on praise music. You will find joy in the Lord and you will not Continue to sit in a puddle of worry and fretting when you make up your mind to move forward and rejoice. That was number one. Number two, pray. In everything by prayer and supplication, Paul writes, to make your requests known to the Lord. That simply means pray for your own needs and supplicate or pray for the needs of others. Number three, thank. Pray with thanksgiving. Have you ever thought of this? This verse is saying, for every need you express in prayer, offer a thanksgiving about something that's related. Now, that's easy to do. When you go to ask the Lord for something, thank Him for something related first that He's given you or blessed you with. Number four, receive peace. In verse seven, Paul says, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So receive God's peace. I have tried this many times, and it really helps to stop worry, set aside some time, rejoice, pray, thank God, and take a moment to just receive the Lord's peace. Next, we go to the helmet of salvation. Ephesians 6, 17 says, we must take the helmet of salvation as part of our spiritual armor. You might think of a helmet as one worn when someone's playing a sport or riding some kind of bike. Well, our spiritual helmet is not referring to just any helmet. It's the helmet of salvation. Pope Francis urges all of us to put on the helmet of salvation when he says, This helmet was not so much that of acknowledging the resurrection of Jesus, everyone believes in it, but of believing in the resurrection of the dead. He explained that the helmet of salvation is for our head, and it covers our minds, so we do not fall into the works of the evil one. And in this statement, he was referring to 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, and 10, when it says this, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. So whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Pope Francis says we should wear this helmet firmly on the head, the hope of salvation, and especially in the trials and most difficult times of our life, it is a helmet. This is what Christian hope is. 
You know, our faith is often tested, he said, each time we are faced with our own death or that of a loved one, we feel that our faith is put to the test. Pope Francis adds, all of our doubts emerge, but will there really be life after death? Will I see and embrace again the people I have loved? The Pope says, we need to return to the root and foundation of our faith so as to become aware of what God has done for us in Christ Jesus and what that means. We turn to the helmet of salvation to defend ourselves against the devil's arrows, including those thoughts, there is no heaven or hell. If there is, I won't make it. I'll never see a loved one again. That the Bible is not true and the church can't be believed. What lies? Jesus says the devil is a liar, so expect him to attack you with a barrage of doubts and temptations and fear and questions, especially when you are facing your greatest challenges. The helmet of the Roman soldier at the time of Paul was called the galea and was designed to cover the head with a thick leather enclosed in beaten metals of iron and bronze. The helmet protected the head from sharp sword wounds and other weapons of war causing injury. So the helmet of salvation shows that Satan's flaming arrows target our minds and are directed at our faith in Jesus who paid the price for our salvation with his passion, death, and resurrection. It is our hope that is being attacked when we think, God will never forgive me, I can never make it to heaven or have eternal life, If we repent of our sins and for Catholics participate in the sacraments of reconciliation, Eucharist, and more, our hope is nourished and the scripture reassures us. As Hebrews 2, 14 through 15 says, Jesus delivers us from the fear of death. He did this so that through his death, Jesus might destroy the devil who has power over death and in this way set free those who were slaves all their lives because of the fear of death. The helmet of salvation is for our thoughts, our intellect, and our reasoning. Every day is a spiritual battle and we must put on the helmet of salvation, reminding ourselves that Jesus is eternal life. He is our hope. This world as we know it is not the end, but God has prepared eternal life for us. We can be assured that God is faithful and wants us to be with him in eternity. You see, one of the best ways to fight back when you struggle with the arrows of the evil one is reciting the Apostles' Creed. Remember that Jesus was crucified and was buried. He descended into hell on the third day. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. It's time to end our journey for today by taking the helmet of salvation in defense against the evil one who pushes doubts into our minds to divert us from the truth of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Starting today, say the Apostles' Creed often. Remind yourself of these helmet of salvation declarations. Number one, eternal life is in Jesus and it's for me. Romans 8.12 says the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Two, 
I will not be anxious about my salvation. Romans 5, 8 through 9 says this, But God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. Three, I will not worry. 1 John 5, 11 through 13 says this, Whoever possesses the Son has life. Whoever does not possess the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you so you may know that you have eternal life, you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Well, that's it. We've come to the end of our podcast for today. I want you to know I'm so happy that you've joined the Joyful and Battle Ready series. You can find my podcasts and free bookmarks on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com. Also, you can register there to host a small group study called Cup of Joy Women, and I'll send you free materials that accompany every podcast. Until next week, I pray that you will grow in joy and firmly wear the helmet of salvation on your head as we study joyful and battle-ready together. Thanks for joining me today. Please visit me on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, where you can learn more about my books, download free bookmarks, and connect with me. Please follow me on your favorite podcast app and invite a friend to join you too. You can download the show notes from today at wrapyourselfinjoypodcast.com. Until next week, this is your friend, Karen Dwyer, reminding you to wrap yourself in joy. Mm -hmm.